This job is what you make of it from my understanding. I'm in it to get answers to questions and find out what happened. I just want to know if my brother's okay. And I'm in it just to learn more about the world. I mean, someone's in charge of the Red Guard, I'd imagine. Yeah, the Red King. The Red King? Yeah. That sounds really ominous and foreboding. It is ominous and foreboding. I get on all fours and go, behold a man, or behold a horse. Sorry, wrong phrase. Do you happen to know anything about the test? What would you say the likelihood of surviving is? Do you want me to be honest, or would you rather me soften the blow? You can go die, but I like you enough. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anywhere called Far Away From Here. Is there a name to a place called Far Away From Here? Ohio. That sounds far away from here. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaurs are real. I don't stick around in one location for long enough. They call me heartbreaker at times. <laughs> Hello there, foundlings. Welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is season one, episode 28. I am your game master and host for this episode. My name is Emily, also known as Snow, and I play Snow in the other podcast, Sword Art Online Odd. So you should make sure you go and check that out, even though that is like, you know, the eh, podcast compared to this one, because this one is absolutely fantastic. You, it, get, give us more love here. All right, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Quentin, the GM of the Obviously Better Podcast Sword on Online Podcast, because we have significant cliffhangers, and you should go check that out. Uh, but here, I am not a GM. I am but Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, currently eager to just get this initiation through with. Hi, my name is Jaden, and I play Finnevere Avere, a bard looking to make his stake in the world. Not, not literal stake, but, you know trying to become a great merchant and uh, explore the wonderful world that there is. Vampires beware of Finnevere's steak. Hi, I'm Andrew, and I play Alan Taylor, the country man looking to make the best dang steak in the world. Hi, my name is Zach, and I play Alfred Kenneth Mast, a pharmaceutical engineer learning to use the strange magics of this world as an alchemist. I also have these bombs. So, with two days to spare before the initiation trial, the party worked to familiarize themselves with the city of Lamb's Respite. Somehow, Charles Smoot was inducted into a book cult. Finnevere discovered becoming a merchant takes far more than collecting and selling different goods. And Alan and Mest learned that holding down a part-time job might require them to take a different title than Seeker. But we'll have to see what they choose to do and where they go next. The first day has passed. You guys have all returned to the uh, wagon and settled down for the evening. Uh, actually, uh, Molly did end up coming back late at night, returning to the wagon himself, kind of climbing in, uh, which you guys just notice he just comes in, climbs into bed, and just basically goes to sleep. When you asked him what it was that he was doing during the day, he simply stated, I had some personal matters to attend to. And then he decided just to go straight to sleep. 
But the next day comes around. And let's just do really quick, everyone kind of just giving me an idea of what you do during your downtime or what your goal is for this downtime. I wish to find other living arrangements for if we remain in this place longer than the uh, caravan. Same. I'd also like to try to find out a little bit more about the uh, political arrangement of this area uh, and its connections to both Senai and Taija. Yes, thank you. Uh, I, I, need to, I feel like I need to know what I'm in for if a bunch of Taijin soldiers just, you know, waltzed in and thought that they could uh, take someone without our permission. Would we be protected by the law? Well, I would be going to the marketplace to pick up supplies in anticipation for the initiation quest. I would probably run uh, run and get supplies as well, so I'd go with Smooth. If I could also stop by a few uh, the stores with them, that would be nice. But if I have to commit the whole day to just looking for that information, then fine. Uh, aside from looking into alternative lodging, I would like to pick up uh, rations. Okay, so it actually kind of sounds like you all are sort of heading to a similar location to basically gather information and things from the marketplace. Uh, what is Smoot looking for? Do you have any ideas? Do you looking for healing stuff? Uh, um, well, first thing first, I'm going to need to find somewhere where I can pawn off um, this bag of gems that I found. Okay. Various adventuring supplies uh, pertaining to things such as a healing, mobility, so if anything that would help me, like, climb, whether that would be a magic item or just, like, in Smooth's understanding, like, like a grappling hook or something. I will have to roll for gunpowder, but you'd have to be able to make them, probably. Hmm. You need an alchemist. I have an alchemist, but, like, would this be a craft alchemy check in order to make yes. this? Okay. Yes. I can see if Mest would be willing to do that in his downtime. Oh, and a net. And a net. I want a net. I like nets. They're fun. What kind of net? Like net stockings? No, 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 no. Like a the, the nice rope, sturdy rope net, one that could presumably uh, entangle a medium creature if I could. Okay. Yes, I understand that I do not have proficiency with the net. I will be at said negative. negatives. Yeah. Only negative four. It's, not it's a negative bad. four with a proficiency deficiency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are in luck. They do have net available. Uh which actually you probably would have had a lot better luck finding uh, in Newern, since that was more of like a fishing village. This is mm. more of like a uh, farming kind of city where their supplies mainly through the plains and where the sheep are being uh, herded and cared for. But you are relatively lucky in that you actually do happen to find a net, not at the marketplace, but at the huntsman shop. Does the huntsman want rocks? Are you going to try to sell those rocks and just assume on the good-naturedness of your buyer that they'll give you a fair price? Yeah. I have no appraise oh, or sense motive or do, bluff. Do you have any faith in the people who have been helping you thus far? Uh, the huntsman is willing to purchase the gems from you. How much are you offering? Well, if you would mind if I see them. Sure, by all means. And I would toss him the bag. Okay, he opens up the pouch and he pours the gems onto the table, which you see that there are a variety of uncut stone gems. Most of them aren't actually polished, but you can see the one that Hana had sucked on and spit back in the bag has some like slime on it. Nice. And you just kind of see the, uh, the huntsman just looks kind of grossed out. He picks up the one that has all the saliva on it and like wipes it off on his brush shirt. 
And then he examines it. I'll give you a hundred silver for the lot. Most of them need to be cleaned and polished. Sounds perfectly fine to me. They're just sitting in my bag edgewise, so I'll definitely take the coin. Okay, so he will take the bag of gems from you for a hundred silver. And how much for the net? He shifts his pipe in his mouth from his left to his right hand. That will be twenty silver, but I'll deduct it from the price of the gems if you'd like. Works for me. All right. So he does so, and you receive a net. Nice. Yeah, it has 10 feet range increment with a proficiency requirement of exotic. Have fun with that. Okay. Master, do you have any spare health potions? I don't know exactly uh, what this initiation is going to look like and if we'll get separated or not, so. Well, considering you signed up by yourself, I'm going to assume you will be. Well, you never know. It could just be like two different teams working together. Team deathmatch? Absolutely. Our team of teams, and then versus the other team of teams. Is that what Americans did for fun? Team deathmatch? Were they any good at it? No, the closest thing we had to that was football. Though, to be fair, a lot of people got concussed, got brain damage, and then were basically unable to function past their 30s. So, I guess it counts. Sounds like the tale of the Coliseums. So, Mass, did you ever figure out about those health potions? How many do you have on the side? Yeah, I've got a couple here. Uh, I'll hand him... Two of my level two potions and one of my level three potions. Kelsey speaks up as she is traveling with you guys to the market um, and going around. Are we going to have enough for all of us, though, just in case something happens? Well, I've still got some here, but I mean, I could definitely use with getting some more supplies for making more. If you needed Yara Root, I still had some on me from when we ventured through the forest. I might be able to assist with uh, light healing. Uh, let me check on my grubs. I don't know if they've, like, died since, but I have, like, I should have, like, four left. Uh, your character... Let me just, you know, just... They died. Oh, no. I need them to be alive for the spell to work. <laughs> they just, died. Just go find some common right, house yeah, so uh, I'll stop by... Well, I guess there wouldn't be a fisher's area. There, There's mud all around us, like it rained the other day. Could you use it worms? It did rain the other day. I could, but they're very difficult to kill. Um, not, not an instant. I need to, like, very reliably be able to do it, like, within a six-second period. So, we need a net to catch bugs. Oh, I just need to find oh, I want grub. a net, but this one's a little big. I hope we're not killing bugs that large. I mean, I guess I could get something, uh, commissioned to make the job easier. Is there anywhere else that, like, maybe I could pick up some tips from someone? Is there anyone else that can do magic? There's like, an alchemist that you that you see uh, Alfred Kenneth Mest is going over towards. Uh, okay, I can get... Uh, you know what? They use uh, similar components, so I can get some advice there. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, okay. You guys, you go into the alchemist shop, and you peruse around. Mest, you... Um, what are you looking for? Any component-specific or potion-specific stuff? I guess just for... Looking for ingredients for healing potions and or healing potions. Last time you were there, you did see that she already had several healing potions made up. But she does have the ingredients for such things. And you actually do see that there are a variety of other plants that it's not just like yarrow root, but there's there's alternatives that she has as well. Like all in a bin that just essentially says healing herbs. Okay. Um... Uh, how much are the health potions? They are 50 silver each, but she does have a sign up next to it that says limit three per person. You know, that is appreciated. In this type of climate, we would never be able to get a hold of such ingredients. 
if uh if there wasn't such uh rules in place i would like to buy two sure so that's 100 silver for you uh i also ask about the uh cure light wounds ingredient uh which you might recommend for someone out on the field um if you're looking for bl uh, healing plants i have plenty of the herbs in the back if you're trying to do personal healing some people have found that actually consuming the herb raw could suffice i suppose that you are talking about doing the um the mystical part of it uh yes uh i was fortunate to find uh some some texts and I, I picked up on it pretty well. Uh, I can perform a, a light healing ritual myself. Uh, usually it takes the life of a small creature, uh, such as an insect. That is pretty typical. Um, most of the healing potions do require... Well, healing potions uh, can be revivified. All of the dried herbs can be revivified with liquid like water. So that's why we're able to mix it into the potion form. But for someone who does not have that skill, you do need it to be a living thing. Um... You could perhaps, any fresh plants that you pick, uh, for very light healing. Again, insects are also an option. You really think a plant would work? Yes. If you... It's strange. It, it, it's almost like it would possibly well, absorb like It absorb is life. life. Yes. Oh, I never thought about that. That was never covered in the texts. Well, better now than to bet my life on it later. I take out my knife, like, right then and there. I ask her for a plant example like uh, an amount of life that you might recommend and I, I'm looking to purchase it. Sure. She brings you over to a pot of like a, um, a vase, a vase, a vase of fresh flowers that she has and she just gives you one. Okay. Uh, I will cut my hand uh, right, right on the, the edge where it doesn't, where if I had to bend it and this doesn't work, I can heal it maybe overnight. Sure. Uh, so I'll cut my hand. And I would like to see, I crush the flower and I see if it works. Okay. I cast Cure Light Wounds. As you take the flower and you crush its petals inside of your hand, you see that the petals become very vibrant with the color of pink, uh, as that was the color of the flower itself. But the pink becomes so vibrant that it almost suddenly, that color seems to drain from the flower and almost like a wisp of smoke down your arm travels to the wound and sort of encircles it but you see then that the flower in your hand starts to wither and then crumbles away into nothing as you open your palm back up and your wound is healed fascinating your sage advice is valued she smiles and nods uh i'd like to buy uh some more flowers and uh is there like a, a small glass that i might be able to keep sealed while walking around um maybe a she looks at you and she says i don't really sell the Floral expect. I sell the dried herbs. This was really just a decoration. I recommend seeing the florist down the street. All right, I think I'll do that. Thank you so, so very much. Yes, anytime. And if you're looking for a way to store it, I recommend maybe a pinch of vinegar in the bottom of the jar. I'll try that. And fresh water with the flowers as well. Yes, must uh, have to keep them alive if they're to keep me alive. All right, uh, I'll make my way to the florist. Sure. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Alan Taylor, really quick for you. Um, going around, you have found that there's a lot of living quarters basically at the inns uh, in the area, but it does cost you per night. So you figure it's going to be about 
five copper per night for like a low grade facility in the city and for anything that is like high grade it's gonna be like uh, maybe a silver or two but you do hear a rumor that a lot of very low level initiates do end up staying at the keep itself hmm interesting and then for mest you were looking for you 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 got the herbs right is that what you're aiming for yeah I okay would probably just pick up a supply of herbs um uh so for i would say about 10 potions worth she has a little packet or like a little satchel of dried herbs that she makes up for you and she offers it to you for five silver uh okay i'll take that while we're there, looking around the alchemist shop, does it seem as if she has any of her plants potted and, like, growing in the store? She does not seem to be keeping anything in particular in the front. It looks like a lot of the plants that are out there are decorative and have already been uh, cut and are in different glass vials and little jars around the room. Otherwise, you see plants that are, are leaves that have been dried and put into little bins. Ah, uh, ma'am, what do you have for under a hundred silver? She gestures. Please take a look around. So I do. Okay. You see that she has in the back, in a display case, some scraps of paper. But you see that there is something that's written like, Scroll of Keen Senses. That's 50 silver. Uh, oil of the Arcane, Mark. 25 silver. The Potion for Cure Light Wounds, 50 silver. And that's about all she has, though, that is under 100, um, that is very, like, obviously labeled beyond, like, the uh, herbs being, like, cheap little bags and whatnot. These are all the things that are pre-prepared. Uh, for these scraps of paper, can anyone use them? How do they work? They are instructionals for people who are of the higher education persuasion. Uh, so I'm gonna take that as a no. Um, out of curiosity... Everything that you have here, do you go out and collect it yourself? Sometimes. It, it depends, though. So, uh, do you purchase it from other people who go out and collect it for you? Do you grow it? As I said, it is. it depends. Sometimes I will grow, and other times things that are not right for this climate, I will have them dried and brought to me. Uh, Mass, did, did you have anything in, that you've collected over the time? Maybe if you weren't planning on using it, you could sell it here. Uh, not much. Uh, I do have this little bit of monk's hood. Nest, when you go and you pull that out, uh, you can make a perception really quick on it. Fifteen. Okay. The monk's hood appears at this point. It's been several days. It's been hot, humid, and whatnot. It appears that the flower itself has withered, and... It's not exactly dried yet, but you can see that some of the petals on it have actually started to fall off, and it does not look like it is very well. It actually looks like the flower is basically at this point almost dead. Uh, it was I cut at the neck. Uh, I don't think it'll be too useful for much at the moment, though. Oh, uh, but Mess, do you have, like, a pot or anything that you can, like, transplant things into? Or should you do your own little, like, windowsill flower garden bed that you can dot around? No. I don't. Probably be a good idea. It, it might be useful. Maybe we should tag along with Vinvir and check out that flower shop. Maybe she has a spare pot or something that we can buy from her. All right. Sure. Um, well, real quick before I head out, can I actually get um two of the oils of Arcane Mark? Yes, of course. 
50 silver and she packages it up for you, wraps it in some nice crinkly paper. So I guess we would try and catch up with Finnevere and go to the flower shop. Sure. Okay. Alan, at this point of walking around, gathering this information, you are able to see everybody back in the market who have gathered at the flower shop. Hey, hey, everyone, hold up a sec. Let me catch up with y'all. Taylor! I didn't know you were interested in flower shopping. I mean, not particularly, but I mean, I wrapped up what I was doing. May as well group back up with everyone else. Uh, You're familiar with agriculture, yes? I am familiar with crops. Hmm. I'm thinking about starting to grow my own flowers. I ain't much for uh, show gardening. I mean, well, I just learned something fascinating. Was I? I can use the life of plant life for uh, my curing of wounds. I mean, makes sense. It's alive. So they would be fighting flowers. What? And you do seem to enjoy a good tussle. I mean, you're gonna make your flowers fight. I've never. I mean, I've heard of pit fighting and. Dog fighting? I've never heard of flower fighting. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I remember there's this one game on Spacebook where um, there, there, there's plants and you line them up in a row and there's like the tower defense game. Plants versus mommies? Yeah, plants versus mommies. Maybe they're like that, Taylor. You ever played plants versus mommies? I, I didn't really do too much with computers. Oh, okay. Well, then. my kids got me into it. They made me a Spacebook account. Either way, we're going uh, we're going shopping for flowers. I mean, at the very least, as long as you get some good potting soil, maybe add some nitrogen to be a good fertilizing agent. It should work perfectly fine for growing flowers. you got to make sure that you have it in the right amount of sunlight and moisture, but other than that, it shouldn't be too bad. Do you have your own garden, too? Uh, I mean, I was biology teacher. I don't think he knows what that means. Oh, um, I literally dedicated my life studying to living organisms and teaching other people about them, which, yes, does include plants. Things like plants, animals, ecology, nature, people. people. Hello, hello. CC. Ah, okay. You guys ran off so fast, I didn't know where you went. Oh, uh, well, we're just preparing for the big day tomorrow. Right, the big day. Does, uh, uh, Molly say, uh, no yet? I didn't ask him. Does a Molly know yet? Huh. He ran off this morning. Pretty much as soon as uh, you all left, he went out somewhere. Yeah. yeah, he gets real personal sometimes. I don't... Or keeps to himself. Maybe it's a guy issue. You know, like how girls have girl issues? Maybe it's a guy issue. I think it's more of an Amali issue. I don't really know anyone else that acts like that. I, I don't imagine that, that Amali has standard guy issues. He might. You don't know. What are the standard guy issues? He doesn't exactly strike me as emotionally invested. Well, statistically, one in five men have erectile dysfunction, so... I mean, he could be looking for something like Blue Chew. Well, I was going to say incompetence, but I guess that suffices. Uh, I don't think any of us are... Uh... Smoot, you get punched in the arm by Kelsey. Oh, what? I did... oh, come on. It's statistic. It's just like saying one in four people in America are obese. What's obese? That uh, means when you're really, really unhealthily overweight. Don't put it nicely. Hmm, like you, Mr. Smoot. Hey, 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 I have been putting on a few paths, but honestly, a lot of the walking has been good for me. Well, okay, so flowers, and then, and then what? Rations. Rations, good idea. Rations, do we have rope? We have enough rope, right? I, ha- I have rope. I, I have rope. I have I, 50 feet of rope. I also have a net. Ooh. Ooh, a net. Just in case Taylor gets too uppity. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going on your own. What does that matter? All the more reason why I need the net. Just in case Tyler gets too uppity. 
I didn't know you were into that, Mr. Smoot, but okay. Listen, if all I'm saying is if uh, we're in a relay race and it's me versus Taylor, I am not beyond throwing a net at him to make him trip. I don't imagine that that's the kind of test this is. Oh, you have no idea what kind of test it is, though. Maybe it is like the Olympics. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's just like a giant maze that you have to race to get out of first. You don't know. All I know is net. Maybe there's just a written test. Finn <sighs> and Kelsey exchange looks uh, back and forth at each other over the whole situation that was described there. Exactly. Like what? <laughs> Immediately upon hearing the fact that the initiation could just have a written section at all, Smoot gets immensely nervous and then starts flipping through a book immediately and reviewing his Arth doll. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I don't think it's going to be a written exam. Okay, have you seen some of the people up there? I mean, you're not supposed to judge people based on their looks, but most of them do not look like... Uh, that reading is their specialty. Well, we did meet some seekers back in, uh... Oh, gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, a few towns ago. Cece, is it? You mean it? Ashby? Ah, yes. Man, uh, I must be in a fog today. I, I hope there isn't a written, a written exam. I'm historically good at them, I but... don't imagine Callus was the type to read. Cece, isn't Molly illiterate? Um, Amali? Yeah. Isn't um, he illiterate? That's a personal question. That's... It's... Uh, it's true. All right, so we're good. If he if he's a part of them, I can't imagine that reading's a priority. Amali is all brawn and no brain. So we're good. Me and Taylor, we're going to pass with soaring colors. You, Finnevere? At least that's what my uncle would say. We might want to get you some fighting flowers. How is literacy oh. a personal question? I, 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 like, have my little, like, uh, a pound bag of flour that I have, like, I'm patting on my side. No, 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 no. Not that, not that kind of flower. Flowers, like the plants that grow and you wanted to heal yourself so you don't die. Oh, yeah. I also think it might be a good idea to, you know, get a, a set to start growing them if I can. I mean, uh, it'd be mess- cheaper, right? Maybe. But that'd definitely be cheaper. I mean, grow your own flowers or buy flowers from someone else. Maybe we can grow some yarrow roots. That's what I was saying. Save us some effort in finding it all the time. That's why I wanted to go to the flower shop, because I suggested to Mess that we might be able to find a trough or something, put some good soil in there, and start growing some of our own plants. Oh, I'm really good at growing things. Well, there we go. There she did have a farm. Yes, you are. Yeah, I had a farm. I had grace and spice. Um, so I'm going to get really sad, and I hug her. (laughs) She leans into you and gives you a tight hug. I'll whisper to her, I miss them too. (laughs) I know. It's okay, big guy. All right, well, uh, it sounds like you all have a similar goal in mind. You'll be fine to buy flowers, right? Yes, of course. Um, if you are going to pick up rations, could you pick some up for my, uh, me as well? Uh, I was going to go and pick up my cerulean. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of have that thing to look after. You know, I kind of purchased it, and now it's under my wardship. Well, why can't you just go after we're done with the flower shop? Why can't I just go while you're doing the flower shop? <laughs> because my heart is broken, Mr. Smoot. I need comfort. Ah, fine. We'll spend the rest of the day going to the flower shop, and then I'll go later. Well, we don't have to be there the entire day, but okay, that's fine by me if that's really what you want. It's not. I want to go home, maybe take a nap, brush up on my Arth doll. You really think it's going to be... I can help you, Mr. Smoot. I can help all of you study. I don't know what it's going to be on, but I can help you read. Well, I was a slugger at tits myself. (laughs) I would mostly uh, study uh, the previous night, but I would get great scores. I'm so sorry. I heard tits, not tests. <laughs> I was a slugger at tits. <laughs> I was like, no. Terrible at the spelling bee. No one could understand what I was saying. <laughs> All right. So, um, Finnevere, Smoot, Alan, and Mest, Kelsey, Cece are all over now at 
the florist. It's the whole gaggle. The whole gaggle, except for David. David is off. He ran off again. He's getting a house. He's getting a he's <laughs> getting a house. He's trading a paperclip, you know, all that stuff. I expect um, him to be a baron by the time we are done <laughs> with our secret initiation. <laughs> the man's gonna end up owning the town. Oh my gosh. Oh, so I own you guys now. That's cool. <laughs> so I'm the leader of the secret base and you are now seekers. Congratulations. Anyway, you guys make it to the florist shop. You see that there are a variety of flowers. It is an open um, awning sort of setup. There is a table with flowers that are like angled so you can see these little like nice jars containing these cuttings of flowers. And you do see that there's actually some like actual tree, um, what are those, saplings? in like the wraps and all that stuff. And you see that behind the backmost wooden table, there is a little old lady who is humming along and she is messing around with some flowers, making a very beautiful bouquet. I have one question. (laughs) Is there corn? (laughs) Okay. I have a second question. I I perception check. I am looking. Is there ficus? There is no corn because this is a flower shop, not... There, there might be corn in the market. Who knows? You didn't look for that yet. Um, there are ficuses. Why? Because ficus is a joke. Can I say something to the uh, the gardener? Sure. Forest. Yes. You wouldn't happen to have any purple amaryllis, would you? Oh, hello, darling. It is nice to have you here. Amaryllis, you said? Yes, uh... Oh, My mother Lord. was quite fond of them. Oh, well, I may have some for you here. Give me one moment. <laughs> if you would be so kind, thank you. <laughs> she shimmies off really quickly. Scurries off, not shimmies. <laughs> she does not shimmy off. She shimmies off. <laughs> she scurries off. And then um, she appears to be running around through some of her flowers until she comes back with a bowl full of these amaryllis flowers. Of course we have them. I found them over here. They are very fond of the sun. They're gorgeous. Uh, I'll take them. How much? For a cutting of flowers, it is approximately ten copper. Oh, um... For, for about uh, five of them. So it's two power. All right. Might, uh, might you have some seeds for them, though I might grow them myself? I'm also looking to get uh, uh, perhaps a, a sill pot. You know, something I can keep up on the window. She nods and turns back around and puts down the pot of the amaryllis, and then she comes back. I don't have the seeds. They are not in the um, seeding season. Unfortunately, they were all used up for that. But we do, however, have plenty of these pots. I'd like to purchase a sill pot, uh, right. some uh, some potting soil. Uh, the I'd like to get uh, some of the amaryllis transplanted. I'll get, uh, we'll say, 20 of them. Uh, these are cuttings of the flowers. Oh, they're cuttings. However, your character could make a knowledge nature check. Yeah, 19. Okay. Uh, your character assumes that it's probably possible that you could get seed from the flowers themselves, even though they're just the cuttings. Um, you might be able to work with it enough. It, with some help from somebody, you could possibly get the seeds. All right. I think uh, it's worth the attempt. Um, in that case, I'll get like 10, uh, and then I'll get some... Seeds, whatever she recommends that would grow quickly. Okay. All right. So, yeah, she'll she'll give you a seed of something that uh, the season hasn't passed yet for it. So she has some in stock uh, for a yellow flowering plant. And for the uh, sill pot, it is uh, five copper per pot. So what would it be? Two silver? Yeah. All right. 
And then, um, was Mast going to get some of the pots as well? Sure, I'll get two of them. Okay. They are five copper a pot, so that is one silver. Um, and as you guys finish up with this purchase, you actually can all make a reception check. 21 for Finn. One! Oh, wait, 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 wait. Three! I was right. <laughs> 11. 23 for Charles Smoon. Okay, so everybody but Alan Taylor, who is oblivious to what's going on around him. He's too busy looking for corn. <laughs> yeah, you're you're literally like, is there corn here? Where is that American crop? All right. Um, the rest of you, you hear the sound of footsteps approaching very quickly, but it does not sound like it is multiple. It is just a set of footsteps. And you hear a familiar voice and you turn and you see a Molly. And he approaches up towards Cece and he says, there you are. All right, come with me. I found a place for you to stay. What? Huh? Why? I have some things I have to finish up before the cold season starts. And since most of our funds were left behind in Ashby, I'm going to have to acquire more. So we'll be staying in Lance Respite for a while then. Yeah. So I found someone who can look after you. Look after me? Why not the rest of them? Why can't they look after me? Mr. Smoot! I'm with a little lady on this one. We're already here. We're gonna be here. Who'd you find anyways? I think he thinks we're gonna die. Well, that's rather pessimistic of him. Maybe he could die. It's all possible. Finnevere, Cece just looks at you with wide eyes. What? Listen, as Cece's family, I feel that we are entitled to approving whatever guardian you selected to make sure that it is suitable for her well-being. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that is a... That is a step over a lot. Like, Listen, she said we're family. I got to make sure she's taken care of. If, if we're going somewhere and you're going somewhere, I don't know who this gentleman is. Besides, why would I need anyone to look after me? I'm old enough to take care of myself because you have no money or experience. And he gestures to all of you as he does, as he says that. I have exactly 50 silver. And that's my fault. Not about the silver. I'm talking about her lack of experience and money right now. But... So what does that matter? We could always get a part-time job, hatting down the fort. You guys see a Molly smile as he crosses his arms, something you don't really see him do very often, Finnevere, so this is like, whoa. I don't think you'll mind once you meet him. Why, who is it? Him? <clears throat> like I said, come with me. I don't care if the rest of you follow, like, I, uh, this is uh, really just for her, but yeah. Oh, I'm with Smoot on this one. I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just interested in the fella. Interesting huh? people are interesting people. Smoot would definitely also follow a Molly. Intrigued by the individual that Amali finds trustworthy enough to leave Cece with. This should be interesting. It's his dad. Probably no. not, but you'll find it's out. It's his neighbor from when he was 12. His it's high school bully. It's David. <laughs> it's David, and David has a house already. Oh. It's somehow Leomor again. Amali starts to walk away, and he grabs hold of Cece's arm, pulling her along, even though she's like, ugh. I don't want to. But she goes along after some fighting anyway. Uh, so I'm assuming who's following after? All of you, oh, I'm assuming. Right. Oh, wait, Sounds wait. like all of us. Yeah. yeah, we're way too invested in this. <laughs> we must know. Okay. There should be closure. There should be. We need to know where to go to if, if we ever want to come back and visit. Absolutely. This is someone Amali trusts. That means if he's willing to board up family, we're family. Yeah. <laughs> also, what... By what measuring stick is he using, and how far do we fall short? Absolutely. 
Probably Can I pretty pay far. him to stay in his house and have him cook me dinner? We're all having this conversation about, like, you know, comparable In the background, yep. yeah, no. And Molly's just like, guys, seriously, it's not... Y'all y- are messed up in the head, you know that? So, you she, are... she started it. Points hey. to Cece. So you are all led through the streets and side alleys of paths worn all the way to the stone of the hill by the many years of feet traveling them. Your destination finds you close to the plateau and on a side hill where several houses are layered along the mound. The buildings are homely and about two stories tall. They do not seem very large as if designed for couples and small families. The building that you approach is at the very end of the row with a moss-covered stone base and wooden planks making up the siding. It does not appear that the outside of the home is very well tended to. All right, this is the place. What, you want her to stay in this dump? It's... okay. Yes, it does not look good on the outside. It probably doesn't look good on the inside. But I trust this person. I mean, so... at least it won't get raided by bandits. I mean, hey, it certainly is homely. You are just full of judgment. I am also full of the judgment. Hey, maybe we're... <gasps> It could use a woman's touch, Cece. It could give you something to do. Uh, I already had to do this with the last place in Ashby. I don't want to do it again. Unless I can get Grace and Spice back. That's the only way I would do this. Fine. You can have your sheep and your goat back, okay? That's a tall order, Molly. We're going to... This is a legally binding agreement. He looks at you and leers. We'll have to go all the way back to Ashby to get him. I will gibbs the both of them simultaneously. Good. They, they get gibbed on the back of their head. Hey, 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 he promised it, not me. Amali walks up to the door and he knocks on it. Uh, And after a moment, you hear as the latch inside unlatches the door, swings open slowly. And at the door, you see the man that you saw at the tavern the previous day, who had just left with that bottle in his hand, if anybody remembers that character. Oh, no, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 I don't remember. The drunk guy? This man's a prolific drunkard. He was barely able to keep his own weight about him the other night. I will give some harder. <laughs> As you guys are all starting to complain, all of a sudden you just hear the words, <gasps> Uncle John! Ah, uh, at least she knows him. And Cece runs up and basically jump tackles the man, but he's still standing. And you see that as she does, his coat that he is wearing kind of splays back and you see that on the left side there is no arm there at all and he appears somewhat disheveled right now like he's got the five o'clock shadow almost like he recently woke up as well um appears a little bit tired and possibly a bit hungover (gasps) oh my dear Cece, it's nice to see you and he gives her a really like big hug and he looks back up so you actually brought her to me then well, it's been some time. Ten years, right? Yep, ten years. That's a long time. Anyway, so uh, who's the crowd? Hey, you're the guy from the bar. You did make it home all right. You sounded like Kronk. Hey. Patrick, Patrick hey. Rebutin. Hey, how's it you going? Made go- you made it home for the bar. Nice. That's pretty impressive. Bar. Bar for Cusco. Cusco's bar. Hey, nice walk. <laughs> Turns out he has a chicken in the back. Well, he smiles and Amali just looks at you all. Well, you've seen the place, so you're good, right? Mm, 
She I, seems happy, and that's all that matters. I found you to be an excellent judge of character. If not uh, one for the occasional questionable decision, but who am I to judge? <laughs> I, when I say the questionable decision, I'll look at us. <laughs> While you say that, uh, <clears throat> the man, John, comes out from inside the house. Cece uh, walks out, and she's smiling very big on her face, just very excited. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. You found him? This is so exciting. Yeah. Well, it's not a surprise since Amali likes to keep things to himself for so long. Wait a second. How long have you known that he's been here and that he's alive? Five silver says years. Amali does not answer that. <laughs> I feel like Amali owes Taylor five silver. Well, you have to accept the bet. The bet was not accepted. Are you kidding me? Oh, dear. This is going to turn into something else. So, Cerulean's at a stable. I'm gonna need to check on him. You all have fun here. Cece, I know where to find you. Stay well. And as you start to walk away, you hear, uh, and all of you actually see, he walks over, John walks over to Kelsey, and he bends over, takes her hand. Enchanté, madame. And he kisses her on the hand. Oh, no, 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 no. Smoot will walk up and attempt to position himself in between Kelsey and John. You're walking away. How are you seeing it? Uh, she said he I saw it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he heard behind him. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey pulls her hand away as you walk in between them. And a big fellow right there. Would you like me to kiss your hand, too? You can kiss my knuckle sandwich by the time I'm done with you if you don't treat the ladies right. And I'm stay I, away from the booze and keep this house in order. I butt in and then and shove Smoot to the side, put my hand forward. Why, yes, I would. Oh, that's the gay one. I, I put to, <laughs> I, I'll shove Taylor's face to the side. Bad. Hey, hey. And don't just, make me sleep, you. I'm just being friendly. <laughs> uh. He laughs. Well, that was a joke. I really don't swing that way, all right? Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> Well, so, uh, you're Amali's new friends. That's amazing. Traveling companions would probably be more accurate. Yeah, I'm not sure if Amali has friends. Adopted puppies, more like. <laughs> How does Amali feel to all this? We are Amali's liabilities. Amali is standing off to the side, leaning up against the building, and he's just shaking his head the entire time. I do, uh, Finnevere does put things uh, try to put things in a lighter mood but he does try to scan amali's face for i don't know he doesn't know if amali considers him a friend or not so you want to sense motive yeah so you can sense motive uh 13 with the little emotion that you ever see on amali's face it's always been kind of hard to tell how he's feeling or what he's thinking and this time is no different it just seems that he is silently judging you all as per usual. Sounds about right. But John just laughs. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could consider me one of his friends from a while ago. Well, pleasure to make your acquaintance. And I'll uh, I go to shake his hand. Okay. Um, which hand do you extend? Instinctually, my right one. <laughs> which is fine. You you reach out your right one instinctually. For a moment, it seems like he also instinctually reaches out but it's almost like with his left side but then he stops and then he reaches out with his right benavir avir at your service oh my gosh wait a second what happened there where's your arm what happened and she's like actually rips off his jacket on that side and is like completely examining it very closely and he just takes the jacket and pulls back over nothing to mind dear nothing to mind we'll talk about it later but anyway john john xavier uh a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Taylor will step forward and extend his hand. 
Taylor. Alan Taylor. All right. He takes your hand, shakes it. Firm handshake. Okay, you want to strength check that then, I guess. 17. Your hand starts to feel like it's being crushed under his own um, hand as well. Very nice. He nods and gives like the, the man nod and like full body, like acknowledgement. Well, I guess I'll have to tidy up this place, but beyond that, welcome home. He just smiles and gestures for her. Oh, um, I'll see you guys later, right? Of course. Yeah, later. Later. Maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, tomorrow. Later. Later then. Tomorrow. Yeah. We'll be around. I'm sure we'll run into one another. Amali's just looking back and forth, questioning what's going on. All right. What? Is there something you're not telling me? Yeah, me and Kelsey need to get out of here because I don't trust her around that guy. And I point towards John who made moves that on her. Wait, why don't... Oh, okay. So you don't trust him. I thought you th- were saying no, you no, don't no, trust No, no, no. I trust you fully. I trust you to kick him in the nards if he made any more moves on you. But for now, I'm going to be a physical buffer. I mean, it wasn't uh, that bad, but okay. Would you calm down, Smooth? Uh, I want to try to take Amali's, I guess, wrist or clothes or tug at him to follow me. Okay. Um. So you walk over. You Are you trying to sneakily do that? I'm not obviously. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, so I'm not be, trying to be obvious. So it'd be more like a stealth. Um. To sneak off. Uh, sleight of hand, then stealth. Sleight of hand, go. 20 for sleight of hand. Okay. Stealth, go. 12. Okay. So um, everyone else, if you choose to, you can make a perception check. Uh, you are all at a minor penalty because of the situation that is going on. It is keeping you distracted from paying attention to them, though. Smooth's walking away. Okay, Smooth is walking away, and he is dragging Kelsey along, I'm assuming. Posturing... For her to walk with him and more so leave the situation. Are you protecting Kelsey from this man? Absolutely. I don't want her anywhere within 10 feet of him. Never trusted John. Never will. Uh, no Johns. No Johns. 17. Okay. Um, you don't see... You you only see that Amali and Finnevere seem to be walking off towards the side of the building together. I don't care. Yep, and you don't care. Can I roll stealth to follow after them? Sure. I'm probably falling on my face. <laughs> Eleven. Um, I mean, you are in relative plain view of everybody as well. Uh, well, I was. It was more to avoid them noticing me. Yeah, but. I mean, they they are going off on their own. Um, so then that means they need to make a perception as well if you're going to be checking around. Oh, I I was. Yeah, totally I... consumed in my uh, thought for how this conversation is going to go. Okay, perfect. Um, so, are you being careful of anyone listening in? Like, you're checking? I The only one I'm really paying attention to to try to make sure that they're not overhearing me is uh, basically John or Cece, but mostly Cece. Okay. So, uh, I, I, will go extra, I will go extra distance if I need to. Okay, then go ahead and make a perception. 23. You notice that uh, Alfred Kenneth Mest is... Trying to, like, slowly inch his way towards you guys, moving closer um, as you move further away. That's fine. Okay. If he wants to join in, he's welcome to. <laughs> okay. You are a little bit of a distance away from him right now, so he has, a, a like, a maybe 10-second distance from you. Okay. What is it? Is All everything right. okay? Well, that's why we need to talk. To make sure it stays that way. I, you know I have... 
a profound respect for your judgment. At the same time, I admittingly enable CC whenever possible. You've probably picked up on that already. Oh, yep. It's when not I a bad thing. You say that, but I remember being in Taba. I was taken care of well, but I had no room to grow, no way to gain experience, and I felt trapped. I see myself in CC, which is why I do these things. You're concerned about her lack of experience and your inability to give her that in the time that you have, as hard as you work. This may be an opportunity. You now have people that you can trust, at least to some extent. I've done my very best to earn it. I haven't been looking forward to this part of the conversation, uh, because I always am afraid to disappoint you, even in some uh, accidental way. We went to go sign up for the Seeker initiation yesterday. And you signed her up. Yes, I did. Or she signed herself up and I didn't stop her. I'm not going to hide anything from you, Amali. I would hate to do that. So I'm going to be clear and honest every step of the way. In that, I hope that I've gained enough of your trust. I'm going to ask you, you've been through this and I've heard other people talk about this initiation. How dangerous is it really? If I take her in there, assuming that it's something that you're even willing to consider... How much danger would I be putting her in? He looks down at the ground and seems to scuff the dirt with his foot for a second before answering. Before you answer, I'd like you to remember, each and every one of us are willing to and have already put our lives on the line for her safety and would do so again in a heartbeat. I owe everything to you for giving me the chance to go into the world and to learn and to, to gain experience and explore. I would have never got that without the chance that you've given me. And in turn, I'll give everything that I have to respect that. So. All right. Can I answer now? Yeah. Okay. All right. First off, take a breath, Finn. It's fine. <sighs> there you, you go. I already had a feeling that she was trying to do something like that. I mean, she's been asking me for years to be able to go on missions with me. And, you know, that's not a good idea. <sighs> I don't know exactly what this base has for their initiation trial. It's going to be run by the overseer of this base. And I mean, I have heard rumors that it's not very easy. More people fail than pass. So, I mean, there's always a chance that whatever happens with this, she doesn't end up getting involved in all of this. It's not really a very safe line of work. No guarantee of coming back. But... In most circumstances, the initiation trial is nothing that... It's not something that someone of your level couldn't handle. And no doubt thanks to your expertise and, uh, and training. I barely did any of that for you. You've come a long way on your own. I just kind of, you know, threw you in there and said, Go get that thing. You came back with the thing. And then you were running for your life. I did do that thing. And I came back with the thing. And we did a lot of running for our life. I do that a lot. I've gotten better at it. That's pretty much what the job is. Get the thing, run. Get the thing, run. Don't die. Get the thing, run. All right. I think we can do this. And I think it'll be good for us. I think it will be good for her. I do feel bad that I didn't prepare her properly, and that's my fault. Besides, I might be going back to Ashby temporarily to retrieve some of the things that we left there. Uh, I'd be careful when you do, and I sure would appreciate it if you let me know ahead of time before you leave. Well... I might not be going there immediately. It depends. 
have uh, a pretty big job lined up with another group that I have to go with because they can't do it on their own. So I might be gone for a month or two. He does smirk a little bit. And don't worry. I'm pretty sure John might be proctoring this one as well. So he can keep eyes on her. It's part of the reason why I um, reintroduced them. Well, uh, they do seem to be pretty fond of each other. Well, John is not... Uh, okay, hold on. While I do trust John, he likes the ladies a lot. He would never touch Cece. I would highly recommend doing what Smoot did, which is keeping Kelsey away from him. Just just as a FYI. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Finn's in- internal blindness to these types of things, like having this sudden realization... Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't... I haven't really been around him for a very long time. Well, if you've realized that in such a short amount of time, then... Well, no. <laughs> I, he and I worked for the same guy ten years ago. So we've worked together. And that's where I, I've learned a lot of the stuff about him. He could have changed, but from what I remember, it wasn't exactly the best for other females being around him. I see. Um, well, if we're going to be here for a while, we may get a place of our own. And if we get one nice enough, do you think maybe she might want to stay with us? Or if that's something you'd allow? Uh, That's There's another aspect to this. And I am doing my best not to pry into your affairs. To ask the questions that you don't want to answer. And I'm sure you have your own reasons. We seem to be in closer to Senna, which would mean that those... Mean Zenai? Oh, Zenai. Oh. Oh, where's my mind today? It's okay. I understand. All the names are really weird. Uh, thank you. Anyway. Taba, Tuba. It's like, same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Finn regaining his own composure from such a statement. She was pursued by that man from Taija pretty hard. I don't know how, uh, what lengths they are, or what lengths they'll go after her. Do you think she's safer with John? I think she's safer here. All right. Do they have much military presence in this area? Do you know of? I'm just trying to keep her safe. That's the only thing. Secret bases are, I guess what you would say, are... um, Neutral zones? Yeah. Mostly neutral. Sometimes an overseer might have an affiliation with one of the local uh, governments, but in general, the bases are their own political spectrum, I guess. All right. I'm still wrapping my hand around everything. Uh... Back where I came from, there was basically just one guy in charge of less than a hundred people. Yeah, well, where I come from, it was an entire continent ruled by one person, so... Yeah, and I doubt he's nearly as personable. No. No, he's not. All right. And we have a plan of action. She'll come with us tomorrow. We'll do our very best. And with any luck, we'll stay out of trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he just pauses. I'm going to have to spend the night out from you guys. I probably won't be coming back. We'll be heading out tomorrow morning ourselves with this other group. So I'm going to stick around with Cece for a little bit, help her get acclimated, and then I guess you guys will have to pick her up tomorrow, or John can take her. Uh, We can pick her up tomorrow. No problem at all. Well, you'll all be going to the same place. Yeah. I don't know if this is on the way or not. It's somewhat out of the way. It's still up on the plateau, but... The keep is up on the very peak of it, and this is, like, on a separate, almost, um, there's, like, a canyon of sorts between them. Okay. Uh, we can work out the arrangements. I just, 
I don't want to be late. I, I'm just thinking out of character. I don't want to be late. If we, if she doesn't show up, I will go after her. Okay. Well, you guys will. You 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 figure it out. Okay. Yeah. So. Yada yada. You figure it out. So, uh, Smoot left the area. He went and picked up Cerulean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he would have been attempting to take Kelsey with him, distancing distancing himself and her as far away from uh, John and Xavier as possible. This is a personal vendetta. Absolutely. But at the same time, this man has never failed to make a bad first impression with me. My goodness. Okay. Uh, so Kelsey is trailing along with you. You guys go. You pick up Cerulean. I I wish to leave him at the stable. I more so just wanted to check on him, make sure he was fine and tend to him because I don't intend on taking him with me to the secret he, initiation. He, he is happy. He is playing with another young elk they have another one. Oh my oh my gosh look at that kelsey he made a friend i'm so proud of him it's like watching your kids grow up and take her all over again ah uh, well that explains a few things she says as she's looking out at the two young male elks butting heads yes this is what males are like this this is bonding this is friendship all right then but yes cerulean is enjoying himself he is playing with another male elk right uh, i mean i've paid his stable fees for a good while so we're good okay Taylor, realizing that he is in the middle of the street now alone, uh, goes off and looks for Amali and uh, Finvir. Okay. Um, you go off, you look for them, you you find them as they finish up their conversation, and they are coming back. Amali is splitting off from you guys, though, and he heads over towards John's house. And Finvir, do you suggest everyone to head to basically head back and finish up with your downtime activities for the day? All right. We have some shopping to finish, don't we? Big day tomorrow. So you guys essentially finish up with all of your daytime stuff. If you needed to make potions, you have a shortened period of time because you spent most of your daytime doing other activities. Well, we still have plenty of time left in the day, so it shouldn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. We can grab whatever you want from the market and uh, you can do your potions. I pretty much picked up everything I needed from the market. Okay. Um, so just your character would take the downtime... If you choose to do so, you can transcribe the spell, scroll, scroll uh, into your formula book and make potions. Yeah, I, and would, or. I would transcribe the spell, put it into my formula book, and then I would also I would spend the rest of the time brewing up some cure light wounds potions. Okay. All right. So is everyone done with their downtime activities then? All right. So I'm going to uh, move it along then. Essentially, the next day comes and you gather yourselves. You actually find Cece has met you down at the caravan wagon itself. And then she travels back up with you to the keep where you notice that the lobby within the keep is swarmed. And it is easy to tell the bright eyed hopeful from those with the years of experience in this area, you find it easy to identify parties versus solo initiates. Uh, the parties tend to stand clumped together and more willingly associate with other groups, while singular members like Charles Moot <laughs> keep to the outskirts of the crowd or sit drinking solitarily at one of the wooden tables. You estimate that there are about 20 parties consisting of three to five members, from what you can see, and then there seems to be about 10 solo initiates, including Charles Smoot, Many of these persons appear relatively young, possibly friends adventuring from their hometowns, hoping to make their mark in the world. And of course, being a seeker is a great way to do so. But there are a few old souls here, uh, most of which appear to be in a party of their own, or even leading a group of younger individuals. Could it be the has-been heroes? No, 
not the has-been heroes. I was just waiting for you to say the old souls, also including Charles Smith. <laughs> so There's so many including Charles Smiths in that sentence. I just love it. I was waiting for another one. Uh, you see a few grumpy stick in the muds, including, including Charles Smith. Uh, you guys can make a perception check around. I should go. You know, that thing. 16 for Finn. 13 for Alan Taylor. 26 for Charles Smith. 18 plus 8. 26. Okay. So, uh, Zach, you had a 26? Yes. Okay. As you guys are looking around, uh, you see a variety of these different groups. Uh, you notice that there is off to the one side, there are, there is a group of three younger individuals that just appear to be standing off and they are having a pretty in-depth conversation. You see that one of them who appears to be like the leader of the small group is well-built with angular features, stark white hair, and a cool indifference about him. He carries a curved bladed polearm at his side. And then next to him, you see a man with tight ribbed pants and a loose tunic underneath of a brown vest and pretty much auburn hair that he has like combed heavily to the right side. And as he's talking, like only the right side of his face seems to be responding. Actually, the left side of his face is responding fully um, to movement, almost like the right side is somewhat paralyzed. You also see that there is a young woman. Do I need to make a heel check to see if he's having a stroke? <laughs> no. Or no. heart attack. No, no, no. Um, but you also see a young woman with rich mahogany skin and brown hair shaved on one side and swept over to the right, falling into a wave of coils. And she is perpetually scowling as she seems to be judging the actions of her party members. And you can see that there is a large dog, a large black dog that is right next to her. And she is petting it as she scowls. Puppy. Those are some of the individuals that you see, but there's a variety of other people. Uh, there's even a very tall man who appears to be of some sort of Asian descent uh, with black hair, amber eyes, wearing leather armor, and carrying nunchaku. I'm sorry, okay. I had to say nunchaku. Two things. When you said Asian, I was ready for persuasion as the follow-up because there was a long pause. And two, Zach's now got me thinking about the nunchuck video. <laughs> Why would you choose nunchuck when you could just have to stick? stick? Stick is better. Stick very good. Stick very good. Nunchuck half as good uh, as stick. He has nunchucks on his side, but he is tossing a steel ring in the air and catching it. Uh, chakra. And then you also see a, another large person. Like, there's a lot of relatively tall people, but no one as tall as Charles Smoot, I will have you know. Like, they, they're tall, but they're, okay, they're tall to me because average for you guys is tall to me, okay? They're like five foot eight, five foot ten. How tall are you? I'm six foot six. You're six foot six. You made him six he's six. Si he's six six, two hundred and forty pounds. He's a big boy. But you see another relative tower over Taylor. <laughs> you see and Taylor towers over these people. <laughs> you see an average male heighted individual because you are all giants in this room. <laughs> Poor Kelsey and <laughs> Cece are standing there, like surrounded by a bunch of giants. But you see another individual uh, who apparently is carrying around a very large scythe. Americans were clearly the superior breed. Obviously. <laughs> anyway, individuals of the Asian persuasion. Okay. Everyone is having a very nice, loud, boisterous conversation, pretty much. Like, it's 
all just noise and conversations until a rush of silence falls over the crowd and all of your attention is drawn to the top of the stairs as a set of heavy footsteps permeates the air. For a brief moment, all you can see is a dimly lit corridor from which a dark figure seems to glide, barely illuminated from behind. It isn't until the figure emerges from it that you see an abnormally tall woman wearing a dark cape and collared military-styled uniform underneath. Her stature looms over you from the central wooden platform. You see that she has light blonde hair loosely tied behind her head, angular features, and on one side dangles two black feathers. The air seems to thicken with tension as her cold blue eyes scan the crowd, her head unmoving. An eternity seems to pass in silence until she smiles and speaks. It seems we have guests. I suppose you're here for the initiation? Chills run down Taylor's spine as the only thing that he can think is, Madam Varensberg. I was also thinking, but I was like, we should hook this person up with Warrensburg. They just give off the same aura. You see as a wicked smile spreads across her face, and you definitely feel that chill crawling up your spine. I am Lord Eden, guardian of this base. And you? <laughs> Are nothing. Yet you wish to be a part of this guild. To be a seeker is to sacrifice everything. For the sake of knowledge. And as she says that, she begins to walk down the stairs and continues to speak, the crowd parting to make way for her. You notice that many of the people in the room stare in awe at her height. For most of the people in this room, she stands about two feet taller than the rest, even dwarfing Charles Smoot at six foot six. I do not care what your reasons are to join the guild. I only care if you pass the trial. And of course, if your resolve is weak, then you will either fail or die. This is my only warning to you. If you feel fear or uncertainty, rest assured. It will only get worse once the trial truly begins. And as she continues to walk, getting closer to your group, she stops for a moment... Her eyes quickly flick to your direction, and she turns to face you. She bends strangely from her shoulders with what you could describe as snake-like flexibility. Her torso seems to move around to each of you. Charles Smoot and Alan Taylor, go ahead and roll a perception check. 17. 25 for Charles Smoot. Okay. You both, as Lord Eden approaches, you notice something shift beside you. Your attention now drawn to it, you realize that Kelsey is next to you, grasping both of her hands tightly, her nails digging into her skin until small streaks of red appear, her face ridden with a mixture of emotions, fear, worry, and determination. But you see that Kelsey's gaze continues to be fixated on Eden. At least, you thought it was. But following the trail of her eyes, you realize she isn't looking at Eden at all, but rather past her, as if something unseen were there. And if you think me a monster, far more terrifying things wait ahead. Now, for those of you not prepared for death, leave now. I will not waste the guild's resources on weaklings. 
seemingly satisfied with the reaction from the crowd as gasps and shock are audible. She pulls herself upright once again, moving back so smoothly it's alarming. And almost as if on cue, several groups begin to back out towards the entrance, many trying to go unnoticed. Her words seem to hang in the air, and in your mind, you have a creeping sensation of danger and uncertainty lurking. Eden waits a moment longer as the last of the fearful abandon the hall before continuing. For those of you foolish enough to stay, come with me. Do you guys stay? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we go with her. So, you, along with the rest of the initiates, are led to a door next to the reception desk. Eden seems to pull out some sort of badge, which she inserts into a slot on the wall nearby. A recessed pattern lights up a brilliant green, and the double doors swing open, and you are guided inside. You see a side door open, and one of the twins walks out and begins walking in front of the group to another set of doors, which Eden opens and begins walking down a dimly lit set of stairs, illuminated in a bluish-green hue. The stairs seem to go on for an eternity. At least ten minutes pass until finally the narrow passage surrounding the stairs opens up on the left, and you see a perception check in your future. 19 for Charles Smith. 18 for Taylor. Nine for Finn. Two spoopy, five me. Very distract. Thirteen for me. Okay. You see before you, ahem, a massive cavern lined with tall boxes that almost stretch to the ceiling to your left. Strange glows emanate from within these boxes, but you can't tell exactly what they are. But I see that there is a potential for a knowledge local check for a certain bard in his future. All right. Bard powers do not fail me now. Oh no. Nine. You have no idea where this place is or what it could be leading you to. But as you finally reach the bottom of the stairs, which at some point shifted from wood to a dark stone, you see a long wooden desk currently lined with smaller versions of the black boxes, as well as other small trinkets, potentially disassembled relics. And behind that desk, you see several rows of tables with people in white jackets sitting with tools of varying sizes, seeming to study the objects at their tables. You all file in behind Eden as she approaches the larger desk and speaks. Musa, the gate, she says languidly. Suddenly, you see a dark-skinned man's head pop up over the counter from behind one of the boxes. He's wearing large black goggles that obscure most of his face and another strange contraption on top of his head, which seems to have varying sizes of round glass attached to metal arms. The man, whom you assume to be Musa, removes both objects from his head and replaces them with a monocle over his right eye. He scurries out from behind the desk and his white coat splays out from behind him. Eden gestures for you all to follow her. You are brought past the desks and several of these large towers of boxes to a small area in between where you see a tall cloth covered structure, which you estimate to be about 20 feet tall. Musa pulls on a lever to the side of the structure and the cloth is pulled to the side by a rope mechanism. There, beneath it, you see yourselves reflected. A giant mirror with a golden frame decorated in strange patterns stands against the wall. Musa touches different parts of the patterns, which begin to glow white 
and your image on the mirror's surface begins to fade away and is replaced with a semi-translucent green cliffside. Eden gestures. I guess it is time for you to begin. Follow after me. And she walks through. Do you follow? Ye. Oh, a thousand percent. I wish to be the first to follow. Okay, you push past some of these people. You actually push past the guy who is carrying the long pole arm. <laughs> he glares at you, and he scoffs. <laughs> so, stepping through the mirror, you feel your bodies accelerate, the world behind you, blurring into the one ahead, and you are propelled forward. I need you all to roll a fortitude save. 18. 17. Patrol smooth. Fifteen somehow, even though my fortitude is a one. Nice. My fortitude is a three right now. I Ooh. got an eight. Ooh, okay. As you step through, um, Benavir and Alfred Kenneth Mest, specifically as you guys come out, along with a variety of other individuals in this posse of people, you feel yourselves almost as you step out get sickened for two rounds, but strangely enough, as you step out into this strange environment, you find yourselves and your movements reversed. Up is down, left is right, arm is leg, head is butt. It's uh, very strange. Uh, the, we've uh, passed parlor magic, that's for sure. Oh! And you are also blinded, I just forgot, for two rounds. <laughs> step out of the mirror. Oh! <laughs> It's like, it's like being 15 shots down on the scrambler at the state fair. Yes, well, for Charles Smoot and Alan Taylor, you both step out. This is a very sudden shock to your body. You've never felt anything quite like it. Although, somehow you're able to shake off this terrible sensation after stepping through. But, after a moment, you hear the voice of Eden. <clears throat> You'll get used to the reverse in time. Once you find yourselves able to move again, we can get started. It only takes a matter of seconds for your bodies to return to their normal functioning, and you can finally take in your surroundings. You find yourselves standing atop a cliffside. Before you is a vast, verdant valley. Low-growing plants, flowers, and bushes cover the landscape on the nearby hills. Your ears are filled with strange calls of creatures unfamiliar to you. And behind you, you see a large, crumbling dais, atop which stands another mirror. Your gaze pans around the area, trying to take it all in, when you suddenly realize there's no sky. In fact, you see stone walls engulfing you. This is a giant cavern, even larger than the one you just left. Suddenly, Eden's voice breaks through the confusion and whispering of the group. Shall we begin? And that is where we're going to end it off on today's episode of The Gate Chronicles. <laughs> oh, I'm so pumped full of memes right now. I wish I was at my computer. All right. So thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. I just wanted to give a real quick shout out to Michael Gelfie and 
Will Savino with Music D20 for providing some of the music and ambiance that we have in today's episode. So please make sure you guys go and check them out because they are amazing people and make great pieces that we can use in our podcast. And in addition to that, guys, if you've been enjoying the show, please make sure that you leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you are using and make sure that you share us with your friends, your family on Twitter, on Instagram. I don't know how you do all these things on TikTok. Hey, we are on TikTok. Speaking of these things called social media, make sure you are following us on our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram at RollFound and actually on TikTok. Uh, I think it's missing RollPlayerFound, but I'll have to double check. All right, listen, it might be missing RollPlayerFound or it might be RollFound. I'll have to double check, okay? All right, I promise. And also, guys, make sure that you join us on our Discord. That link is in the description below where you can chat with us, hang out, and also meet other foundlings who are like yourselves, fans of this podcast, because who doesn't need more family? Listen to what Cece says, okay? All right. And last but not least, guys, if you want to support the podcast, then you can do so in one of several ways. Number one, share it with a friend, family member, like I talked about earlier. Number two, go to our store on missingrollplayerfound.com. That's missing R O L L playerfound.com and go to our merchandise store where you can get hats, t-shirts, stickers, and more. Or you can go to our Patreon where that link is in the description below, or you can go to bit.ly forward slash support MRPF and you can donate to us monthly and get access to early releases of episodes, special bonus episodes, maybe a special bonus thing in the future for a series. Who knows? So guys, yeah, that's it from me. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and continue to join and continue to journey along with us in the Gage Chronicles. We will see you next, next week. Bye. 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 Bye.